And I guess I should start doing some kind of introduction for these shows for the people who listen to lots of stuff. So it's a live show. Thank you to everybody who came out. I appreciate each and every last one of you very, very much indeed. It's a podcast, so even though I want this to be like a very festive thing, I get that listening is not like that. Uh, But know that I just have a great time with the ladies that come out when they do. Uh, just just sharing that environment with them, uh, talking before the show. I appreciate each and every time. I got, I think, the best. It wouldn't. It's definitely not right to classify this as hate mail. It's definitely like a loving critique or a ribbing at most. I got the best. What are you doing, dumbass? From an anon on Tumblr that I've gotten in a long time. And it said simply, so you introduce yourself finally at the end of season three? Fair point. Fair point. You know, when you when you put it like that, I uh, logistically wouldn't advise it for someone else, and uh, I'm not sure why I did it. So fair point to whoever sent that one in. You win. Besides that, life has pretty much been going on uh, as normal. Whatever normal is these days, right? Uh, Happy to say that I'm ahead of productivity for May. Uh, Looking to swing pretty big this month. And maybe even surprise you guys with some stuff. Uh, So that's pretty exciting. I don't have much to say. And I've kind of held off on this. Because I didn't want anyone to think that I was putting this forward for, for, I didn't think anyone to think I was putting this forward to think that I was trying to benefit off of it, like from an entertainment standpoint. But we're now at a point where I've just got to talk about the shit that I've seen when trying to go around town and do thy errands. Because at this point... It's got to become just, like, biographical. Like, just just people listening back into the ember of time. They got to... If you're listening to me, you have to hear my experience, I think. Like, that's what I'm into other people who podcast like I do. And so here we go. I just got to tell you, I didn't want to talk about this because I, I was afraid of judgment. But... I've got a lot of weird homeless stories since this whole thing started, you guys. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because there, it's just, it's been a real interesting experience that every time that I've gone out, and I'm not, I'm going out less than once a week. I'm going out like once every 10 days or so. I'm not going out that often. I'm not going out at peak times. And every time I've gone out... <laughs> I've just seen some great, like, there's just nothing. There's just no order left. So, previously I went out to get air in my tires, and that was a whole adventure, because (laughs) I witnessed, I swear to Christ, I know this is going to sound like I'm making it up, but I witnessed a drug deal, like, I came around and my lights hit a drug deal mid-progress? 
like the light was glinting off the baggie and both of their dilated eyes, the dealer and the person buying at the at the car wash at, at 9 p.m. And it, then, after trying to get away from that, I then hit three homeless people with my lights, trying to, like, like oh, fuck, like trying to wheel away from them because I was hitting them right in the face to wheel away. I hit a group of homeless people. And then they scurried because I was coming right on with my lights on. So they made the right reaction, and they got they jumped behind the cement wall, and then I got the fuck out of there. I was really scared. So, because... <laughs> I didn't expect to fight anybody. Fighting five people was way too much for me. So you think that's the homeless story. You're like, well, that's not a homeless story. Guys, trust me. I wouldn't waste your time with that shit. That's just, that's just the beginning. So I actually found it really hard to find just a hose with air in it. Because the homeless, I'm assuming, I'm assuming... I don't want to throw this on all of them, but I'm assuming at one of them, because who else would take the time, because there's no police or shit anymore, opened up the bottom, like, register to one of these hoses with a rock? Because the rock was fucking left there and took all the change out the bottom, but that also stopped that hose from working. So there's a couple little, like, instances like that where I'm like, what the fuck is happening to society that the quarters are worth that much? Oh, that's scary. But eventually... I find a place with a fucking hose that works. And this is going to sound like I'm making it up. This is going to sound like I'm making it up. This is the same night. This is the same night that I find the people at the car wash all of a sudden. And I don't blame you. But the first thing that I see when I come around the corner looking at this car wash, and this is the fourth fucking car wash I've been to trying to get my goddamn tire inflated, is 36 unattended Shopping carts. Shopping carts are pretty big. What would you say? Like four to a car? Five to a car? Shopping carts are pretty big. So if you're driving around and there's nobody really out, and you see approximately three dozen shopping carts together, that leaves an impression. Immediately, I don't know what your fucking mind would do, but immediately my fucking mind jumped right into, what the fuck? What the fuck am I doing here? And then I got my answer when I saw approximately 18 homeless people in a semicircle sitting down on the grass, chilling out with their drinks, watching approximately a half dozen homeless people who have somehow jerry-rigged the car wash, the external car wash, so that they're spraying each other with a hose fight like it's the gasoline scene from Zoolander. And everyone's having a really great time. And it's like a hot night and shit. We're having a heat wave. So I'm like, okay. And I just drive right on to the fucking next one. So that was all one night, two trips ago. That was two, that was one evening out, two nights ago. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. That'll sound a little exploitive. 
if I talk about it. People won't believe it. They'll think it's exploitive. I don't know what I'm talking about it. So the next time I fucking go out, in the middle of the goddamn day after that episode, I'm not letting anybody sneak up on me anymore at night. The next time I go out, I drive past a place just to see if it's going to be open because I thought, ooh, that place isn't going to be open for much longer before this fucking shit went down. It's a restaurant. And so now I'm like, well, it's got to be closed fucking now. Like, closed, closed now. Like, we'll see you soon, but like, fucking closed now. And like a magical story fairy descended from heaven. What I see as I drive by that place is not only that, in fact, it is closing, but I think I may have seen its last fucking day. Because what I find when I slow drive past it are pallets of obviously made food that day left outside intentionally with, like, you know, flatware and shit. And the and there's, like, I don't know, 17? Seventeen or a dozen and a half. I, I can't. I gotta stop using dozens. I don't know. Fifteen to twenty in different grouping formations. Homeless people on different like crates and rocks and shit. Just eating. Just eating like they're inside at a restaurant, but eating outside on on makeshift furniture. Just sitting there on a nice day outside, kind of warm. Like, I can't express it enough. Like, you could draw a line around them like it was the fucking Sims 4 or something, and then they would be in a restaurant. These were, somebody said they were hungry after the water fight. Very funny. They might have been. It's a long trek from there to there. I was in a car, so it wasn't for me. Then again, at this point, the reason why they have so many shopping carts, I think, is they're basically nomadic. Who's stopping them at this point? All right. So then today... I go out to do my fucking errands, and I'm ready. I'm just fucking ready. I've got my kissy lips bandana on, so it's got like the Rolling Stones-style kissy lips over my mouth. Mwah. Right? I've got my attitude. I've got my, I've got my earbuds in, right? I'm ready to play it because I'm not ready to, I refuse to do AirPods. Just refuse to do AirPods. Fuck that shit. I don't care. I don't think they're good. I think they're a step back. Earbuds. Earbuds are better than AirPods. I don't understand the AirPod thing. I don't get it. All right. Just saying. I'm ready to rock and roll. And as soon as I walk out the front door, number two, not number one, because, you know, got to stay safe. As soon as I walk out front door number two, as soon as I hear a noise that makes you go, you should probably turn your music down and find out what that fucking noise is. You know, when your body tells you that, and it's never like in an excited or happy way, sometimes your body tells you something like, hey, what's that? Sometimes your body's neutral, and your body's just all like, hmm. Sometimes your body tells you, like, oh, that's, man, you gotta fucking, it's like the equivalent of, like, your, your, 
endocrine system. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, it's, it's like your chemical system is releasing the equivalent of hearing a cat wet vomit, that ramp up. You know you've got time. You've got time. It's not over yet. You can still change destiny if you, if you pay attention. And so I turn the wheel of music down, and I see them on the street that I'm on, my residential street, dragging a metal pole through one of the shopping carts, a group of four homeless people who have taken a roadside victim, hostage, trophy? I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure. But the sign used to say yield. And now it's a little too punctured up and fucked up to quite read, but the shape was very specific. And so the metal pull is stuck through in such a way that it's against the asphalt. <laughs> and so I look at these four homeless people with their carts passing by, slowly. <laughs> not that I, not that I'm any busier than they are these days, really. <laughs> and they look at me, because. The rules are over, right? I don't remember ever, like, homeless people ever turning to look at me in droves, ever. I don't remember them ever turning to give a shit about me, ever. Now they might. Now they're looking at me. And we just stare at each other as they pass by. I'm just standing on my front yard. I'm just watching them with my big kissy lips. They're looking at me as they're walking by. I don't know, 15, 20 seconds? I wait for them to get by. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I get in my fucking car, and I start my goddamn errands. But isn't that weird? <sighs> it was like a scene from The Purge, where later I get impaled with a yield sign, and I'm like, should have seen it coming. Someone's made a yield sign spear, and I'm all like, didn't defend against it. Uh. <laughs> so just to be clear, I'm on their side. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I'm afraid of the impalement. Like... You don't you don't have you don't have to have homeless in a society and they don't have to be so hungry if you do have them in yada yada yada, right? So like <laughs> I just want to say I don't know if this comes across as exploitive uh but I don't mean it to be. I'm just giving you the report on my my personal experience because wow. What? Have you ever heard stories like these? Because I sure fucking haven't. And I've heard some pretty interesting stories. Like, I grew up hearing stories about, like, neighborhoods where if you park your car there overnight, you'd come back to cinder blocks and your tires would be gone. I've heard stories about that. But I never thought that I'd actually, like, watch the car washes get disassembled for parts. 
and scrap. Like, I'm watching it happen. I'm like, God damn, that's crazy. Someone broke into a shop uh, in town. I'm going to, I have no idea what their, what their housing situation is, except probably not incredibly sturdy. Uh, but somebody broke into uh, a shop uh, in town through the roof. Just through the roof. Because who's out? Who's going to stop them? Who's out? They just dug through the fucking roof and then got a ladder and went down. Because who's, who's out there to check? <laughs> Here's the great thing. They don't know when it fucking happened. Because they're not checking on their store every day. See, people are saying that's dedication. That's dedication. That's not dedication. That's, I'm with 80. That's thinking. That's, that's such quick work. <laughs> Think about how shitty the fucking roof on like a lot of buildings in your town are. That's like 30 minutes. Oh my God. Just pickaxe. And you're in. Ladder up, ladder down. So the best part about it is, is they were talking about the crime, but the, but the owners of the store obviously aren't coming by every day. People aren't coming by every day. And it's in this strip mall. And so the quote from the article was like, we don't know when this happened. There could be more out there. And I'm like, there are now, now that you've said that. <laughs> what? What? I've never wanted the police to lie more in my life. I've never wanted the police to lie more... Lie, just lie. Go. Yes, we've caught the whole bandit. We caught. We caught the ladder. The ladder tour. <laughs> police. Albuquerque police saying, and we're not going to stop you either. You've got better guns than us at this point. So. <laughs> the prairie dog bandit. Just going around and digging his way into stores, popping in, popping out. Oh, man. Can you imagine if you become a professional burglar and you don't get a cat name, like like a cool name like a cat burglar or something like that? You're the prairie dog bandit. Oh, the worst. The worst. Furry dogs are cute. Agreed. <clears throat> All right. I guess everyone's heard enough from me. Uh, that's just me trying to cheer you all up, talking about my life, because there's not a lot going on in it. I hope that your life has something special going on in it. That you're feeling in some way in control. If not, before I get into the reading... I just wanted to say that I get a lot of secret and anonymous messages. And one of, the, one of the questions a lot of fans have asked me over the years is, do you try and guess who's sending it? No, I don't. What a waste of energy that would be to me. Sorry, sorry if that's your fantasy that you send me anons and I try and track you down and we fall in love. But uh, that's not how I'm playing this version of The Sims. Uh... And I actually really, really, really enjoy 
the Anon folder. Uh, I ha- I have for a while. It's been a love hate relationship, but it's it's been love for a long time and only love, and it's brought me a lot of wonderful compliments, a lot of wonderful warmth, a lot of great things. Uh, I'm very very grateful for the things that you guys send in. And when things are hard or sometimes just seasonally, like a holiday season in North America. Um, when, when things get a little bit more difficult, I get a certain kind of gratitude message from Anons, right? I get a certain kind of message from people who are brave enough to come forward and say it, um, and then a different kind from people who wish to remain anonymous, which makes total sense to me. And... The anonymous people sometimes, when things are going a little bit rougher, have a certain kind of gratitude message about how glad they are for me, for my content, for some aspect of my character, not trying to dig in too much on me. And it's an unmistakable tone. I get them a lot around Christmas. I get them a lot around things like birthdays for the for the individual center or um, when a big geopolitical event is happening. That, that's when I get them. And that's a pattern that's really worthy of paying attention to. And I've been getting them for a while. And not, not to bring the mood down too much, I think I'm going to be getting them for a while yet. I can't respond to them especially publicly, because whatever I, whatever I respond to, I get more of. And I, I got to get through this ocean myself, right? And I got to save energy for me. And you got to save energy for you. You have to. That's how it's got to be. But I did want to take the time <clears throat> to say that I think you're doing way better than you think. If you really value what I think, I think you are doing better than you think. And that's true even if you're messing up a lot right now. I mean that. And I'm going to say it again. Even if you're doing stuff that you think is really not so good, or even if you're doing stuff that you know that I don't like, (laughs) or even if you're backsliding, or maybe not even treating yourself 100%, right? I still think you're doing better than you think you are. I really do. And the reason is, is simple. I'm getting a lot of that message tonally. There's a lot of doubt and a lot of insecurity from some very strong women. And so that means that that doubt and insecurity that you're feeling, most likely, is not what I would see in you. Even if we 
did agree on the same things, on, on the same behaviors or the same thoughts or the same actions that weren't so good for you, even if we did agree on all that. I don't see the same doubt, the same anguish, the same pain that's causing you, just like you don't see it when I present it in me. So, take a deep breath and just remember, you are doing better than you think you are. There is so much uncertainty out there. It is cumulative. It does have an effect. You're allowed to have as good of a day as you want, as bad of a day as you want. This doesn't have to be your best period. It can be. And I encourage you to make it as well as you can. But for real and for true, the message that I'm hearing is one of women who need hugs and, and hand strokes and, and kisses to their shoulders and their hair. And all I'm here to say is, those are valid feelings. If you're feeling them, they're very, very valid feelings. So, just keep in mind, give yourself a little bit more patience. You're giving the world so much extra patience right now, because we have to. Not, not really because we want to, right? But we're giving the world so much extra patience right now. I'm telling you, I'm demanding of you, you have to give just a little bit of that to yourself. It would be so boring if you were perfect right now. Tedious. It's already tedious when people are perfect. In the best of times, frankly. So if you're acing this one, that's great. That's why I, that's why I do what I call social media distancing. So I don't have to fucking put up with that shit. And I can just live my life my way. One, one of the best things I ever decided to never do was Facebook, baby. I'm telling you. I don't even want to know what I would have done this last decade looking at people and their fucking whatever the equivalent of their macaroons are. Oh, my God. What is the dude equivalent of a macaroon? What do dudes post to show that, like, they're just, like, fucking balls out, the biggest alpha dude? That's what macaroons are, I think. That's what macaroons are to me as a man. When I see that, that's a woman saying to her group of friends, Excuse me? I am number fucking one in this fucking group. Any of you have the fucking time to make these fucking cookies? These shitty fucking cookies? One of your fucking likes? I didn't fucking think so. Now you better fucking acknowledge it. Or I will make a cocktail that has 17 steps. That's what I see macaroons as. <laughs> Personally, I don't know how they're intended, but the women who post them are very sharp. I mean that literally, like their elbows and knees and their necks. All of them, really. The women who post macaroons are very sharp. I've never seen like a curvy, like a Christina Hendrixy macaroon poster. Have you? No.
No. I'm really onto something here. All right, so I got some, I, I vamped as long as I could. I got some great answers for what's the dude equivalent. My, my fans are the fucking best. I got trucks, fish they caught, gains. These are fucking good answers. These are good answers for dudes. <laughs> Posting the equivalent of macaroons. I love the fact of the bicep tricep is the equivalent of the macaroon. That's right. The tricep is one edge of the shitty fucking cookie. The bicep is the other edge of the shitty fucking cookie. And then there's the part in the middle that nobody wants anyway. On the alpha. I guess I should apologize for talking about eating my neighbor. Um, I didn't... In my defense, hold on, hold on. In my defense, I didn't know it was wrong. Okay, that's what I learned this week. I talked about eating my neighbor, like when this started to go south in like February, March. I talked about like how there's walls I could hop over and how like I was gonna like eat the old people and take their toilet paper. Yeah, it was a, it was like two months ago. It was a long time ago. It was a different world. Don't even think about it. So, like, I <laughs> talked about, like, eating my neighbor. And, you know, some people you know, had some problems. But I guess Alex Jones talked about it this week, and now I know it's wrong. All right? I've learned. It's not okay to eat your neighbors. <laughs> so I apologize. I'm really sorry about that. I didn't realize. Now, having said that, I've been thinking about this movie that no one's seen called Ravenous. And I don't know why, but I saw that movie like five, six times. I just loved it. It's called... All right, we've got one fan. That, that about tracks. Thank you, Aaron. We've got about... It's Guy Pierce. It takes place right after the, uh, the Civil War or the Mexican-American War. One of the two. Uh, I'm pretty sure Civil War. Uh, in the mountains of California during the winter at a fort in which the fort officers start eating each other because there's a way to eat each other so that you gain their strength. And then it becomes like a who can cannibalize the fort the fastest fight. (laughs) Yeah, it's a crazy fucking movie. Uh, and I fucking loved it. I just loved it. I don't quite know why. I just fucking loved it. And maybe I should play it on the server sometime. Stay after the show tonight. Let's play fucking fuck madness. Let's play fucking music. Let's play fuck music. Let's play ravenous. <laughs> anyway, um, Guy Pierce at one point he gets fed. People, like, he doesn't want people because he's the hero. So at one point, he's like, I don't want people. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to force feed you. And then he gets stronger and he's like, well, now I'm conflicted. And that's exactly how I feel about the whole Alex Jones eating his neighbor thing. Because Alex Jones, I think, was talking about eating his neighbor wrong. And that's what got him into trouble. I feel like Alex Jones could have talked about eating his neighbor, but like he went to, he's like, I'm risking you up. I'm going to hang you upside down. I'm going to bleed you. And that's too far. That's what you can't do, right? So now 
if it's just all right with you guys, I think I might want to try and reset it a little bit, just like reset the temperature down on cannibalism, just because it might need to be an option for us, right? And just, if I were Alex Jones to eat a neighbor <laughs> the right way, you know, like an ecologist, like a conservative, you know, the way that, the way how he claims to be. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to eat my neighbor. I'm going to go away. I'm going to eat all the zones. Uh, I can't, I can, I don't know why I can't do it right now, but I can actually do a pretty good Alex Jones, but I can't do it right at this moment. So just imagine them doing an Alex Jones impersonation where I only eat the white guy conservatives who are talking about eating people. That's my pitch. That's my pitch. What if I only eat the eaters? Yes. Yes. I call it privileged meat or the privileged hunt. I don't know which is more stinging. But as a white guy, I'm on, like, you know, like the predator. He, he has rules. He can't just cloak an invisible and then come up and, like, punch you in the nuts. He has rules. That's why he doesn't do it in the movies. Do you guys know the Predator? They've made, like, five of those fucking flicks at this point. Do you guys know of Predators? You probably don't know about Predators. But anyways, <laughs> if you're ever wondering why they don't go invisible and then punch you in the dick, it's because they have a rule against it. That's why. If you're ever wondering, it's in Predator. They never talk about it in the movies, but it Predators consider it a dick move to kill while they're invisible. It's a dick move. <laughs> they're just, they're not down with it. Like, come on, man. All this work and then you're going to kill him while you're invisible? What the fuck, bro? So they always, <laughs> they always decloak before they kill us. That's their rule. They, before they kill anything. <laughs> and it's just like that, where, like, everyone that I want to eat, like an Alex Jones type, has talked forever about, like, how ready they are for it. They're just ready. They'll want to take it like guns. will fight America so hard. So... <laughs> Like, all of these dudes have just forever and ever talked about what badasses they are and how they couldn't be waterboarded or anything to get taken out of them and all that shit. And I'm just like, if I only ate them, <laughs> wouldn't that make me the scariest creature in the universe? Wouldn't I become, like, some kind of myth in the... Because they do believe it. Like, the people who listen, they actually think... Like, when Alex Jones is like, I could kill him, I could take them all out. Yeah. There, there's my Alex Jones. That's pretty... I can do even better than that. I don't know where he goes when I can't summon him. I can pull Alex Jones out sometimes. <laughs> but they actually believe it. That Alex Jones is like some badass. Like some badass. They do. They really do. They're all like, wow, that guy's a badass. Like, if I ate him, how scary am I? He never even sees me coming. 
Oh my god, I just leave a video of Alex Jones, like, walking. Like, uh, 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 oh, I'm here in the woods. It's beautiful. It's nature. And then you just see, like, the shock come. Like, literally just, uh, camera falls over. And you just hear the sound of my carving. The blood pools onto the fucking screen. <laughs> and then, like, I, I whisper from right off camera. Progressive taxation. You know, housing grants. <laughs> so all may eat. <laughs> this is my pitch for Midsummer. Not a remake of the movie. This is my pitch for what we are doing during Midsummer. I'm now Charlie Manson. This is my pitch. Come on, angels. Charlie's Angels, round two. I'm a different Charlie. You're the same kind of angels. All right. So we got to make this plan really, really, really good. All right. So we're going to pull the plan uh, Skelter Helter. That'll slip by the... That'll slip past the FBI. Oh, hold on. I'm recording this. I forgot. I'm sorry. What's that dog next door? This is all your idea? All right, dog next door, as long as it's you commanding me to do it. All right. Very good. All right. <laughs> just want to... Just crossing the I's and the T's. <laughs> I don't... I don't... Oh, I got to prison for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a serial killer dog boss. Hey, 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 hey! Kill a bitch! What's, how's a dog gonna convince you to murder someone? Hey, hey, hey! Kill them all! Kill them all! Kill them all! <laughs> Is that dog saying kill them all? Kill them all! Kill them all! Come on, come on. Did I get you all to laugh about dogs telling you to die? That's fantastic. Oh. All right. It's a show after all. Guys, come out to the next one. I'm doing live shows all fucking May long. 10 p.m. Eastern on the server. Come out. Keep me company. All right. <clears throat> That's definitely it. Once you... Once you go into serial killer dog command cannibalism, where else is there left to go? Uh, I guess I could talk about my childhood, but that's about as pretty dark as I want to get for one evening. So let's move into poetry. Yes? <laughs> my therapist said that I do that in order to attract the kind of woman that would be best suited for me. And I said, that's a bold fucking statement, therapist. <laughs> and he said, well, you pay me $20 an hour, so clearly I'm fucking worth it. He didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that's a bold statement, therapist. 
How psychotic would that be? To get diagnosed in the office and then just like, that's a bold statement, therapist. Do you think you can back it up? <laughs> Telling you what, head shrinker. You try and get your way around it once, and I'll believe that you can make it smaller. <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, I've got a new sketch I need to write. It's, it's Hans Gruber going to therapy. He survives the fall. And then, and then a 1988 therapist has got to try and shrink him down to size. Oh, it's not going to go well for him. <laughs> I was looking for your hair. Black as old lava on an island of white coral. I dreamed it. Deserted you. <clears throat> one more time. <clears throat> Let's try one more time. I was looking for your hair, black as old lava on an island of white coral. I dreamed it deserted you and came for me, wrapped me in its funeral ribbons, and tied me in a bow of salt. Here's where I put my demise, desiring fire in a web of tide, marrying the smell of wet ashes to the sweet desert of your slate. My intelligent mammal, male of my species, twin son to a world not of my making, you reduce me to the syrup of the moon, you boil my bones in the absence of hands. Where is your skin parting me? Where is your cowlick under your kiss teasing into the valleys? Where are your wings? In the neck of my secret heart will you go to the warmth of me, biting into the bread where crumbs crack and scatter and feed us our souls. If only you were a stone I could throw. If only I could have you. To a Stranger by Lorna D. Cervantes <clears throat> Unable to perceive the shape of you, I find you all around me. Your presence fills my eyes with your love. It humbles my heart, for you are everywhere. Untitled Poem by Hakam Sanai, S-A-N-A-I. I just need one second. I'm so sorry, guys. Just one second. I'll be right, 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 right back. That's what Ali should upload for the show. Just, uh, just that MP3. Just, what do goblins do? And then nothing else. That's all. What kind of live show did I miss? <clears throat> I know him, that man, walking toward me on the crowded street of the city. 
I have lived with him seven years now. I know his fast stride, his windy wheat-field hair, his hands thrust deep in his jean-jacket pockets, hands that have known my body, touched. Touched its softest part, caused its quick shudders and slow releasings. I have seen his face above my face, his mouth smiling, moaning, his eyes closed and opened. I have studied his eyes, the brown turning gold at the centers. I have silently watched him lying beside me in the early morning. I know his loneliness like mine, human and sad, but different too. His private pain and pleasure I can never even give as he comes closer, past trees and cars, trash and flowers, steam rising from the manhole covers, gutters running with rain, and he lifts his head and he sees me, and we are strangers again, and a rending music of desire and loss I don't know him courses through me, and we kiss and say, it's good to see you, as if we haven't seen each other in years, when it was just a few hours ago, as we were shy, then, not knowing what to say, next. Chance Meeting by Susan Brown And those were our poems for the night. If you want more poetry, you gotta come out and you gotta throw them my way. If you're wondering why I laughed in the middle there, it's because Allie said that she got our title for the episode. I can't wait to see what it fucking is. All right. <clears throat> quick quotes. Do you guys really want to do quick quotes? Do you guys want to do quick quotes? Before I get into love letters, do you really... Do you want to do quick quotes? It's kind of a quiet crowd tonight. I'm having an amazing time. I think the crowd's all high on the opium we gave out earlier, though. Allie, remind me that we're not supposed to give downers out. Remind me not to take them either. I mean, plus it's America. We've got so much amphetamine around. Really? We couldn't get a little? That is and will always be one of my favorite 30 Rock fucking jokes of all time. Just a line from a Canadian meth runner. Oh, where are my manners? Would you like to try some meth? Ah! Excellent, Allie. <laughs> Quick quotes, they're gonna get them in, then I'm gonna say them, it's a quick quotes, quick quotes, quick quotes, it's time for quick quotes, they're coming faster than rolling oats, quick quotes, quick quotes, <laughs> shit. All right, at this point, I should confess that I had an indica edible, not that big of one, like, I don't know, nine hours ago? <sighs> Still a little loopy, I guess.
I can feel that I'm just a little bit slower than usual. That's what I can feel. So I'm wondering how it is. It feels like I've been in the show for 27 years. I feel like I'm a little bit slow. And when I listen back, I feel like it's going to be like... with yourself, baby girl. You're trying your best. Good job on getting that job, Ashley. I'm proud of you. On your knees now, baby girl. Happy birthday tomorrow, Amy. I missed you, baby girl. <clears throat> would you like me to continue kissing your face? Or would you like me to go lower, baby girl? Come sit on daddy's lap so I can snuggle you. Still laughing over my slow motion bit. I know it's dumb. <clears throat> Congratulations on buying the new freezer. Now go and get your neighbor. You will get birthday smacks. Where do you want them? All right, girls. That's going to be it for quick quotes today. Thank you so much for everybody who came out. Who requested one. If you want me to say whatever it is you want me to say, you do have to come out to a live show, 10 Eastern, on the server, on Fridays. Make me famous. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's throw out the tip jar. Tip jar, tip jar, won't you pay me for the tip jar? Tip jar, tip jar, without it I won't go far. <clears throat> throw some extra money in there. So that I can buy a video game to stream. I don't know what video game I'm going to stream. I need to stream something. I don't know. I'm, I was thinking about doing Civ Six, But that has definitely become daddy alone time. I don't want to talk to you guys about like. I don't want to talk to you guys about like where I'm building stuff or why. <laughs> that does not sound relaxing. I don't want to justify my wars or my districts to anybody but me. Because already me and the cat have long conversations about that shit. So I'm thinking Fallout 76 might be a good one to play since I'm already in the Alex Jones mindset. And that got like a big update recently. So I'm thinking about a, like a Fallout 76 or something like that, getting back into streaming. Now that I'm kind of like back back, 
out of my... I don't, I don't know what else to say besides I think I'm kind of on the other side of this. Now that we're, we're moving towards the end of the show, surprisingly enough. Um, I saw this coming before just about anybody else. And that bummed me out. And then I kind of had my own little bum out journey because I couldn't get people to believe me. And then it happened. And without trying to make any, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to bring anybody down again, second time. Woof, I am not good at this showmanship shit. That's definitely going on the list for things to get better at. I could be so much better if I just did this. Poo, 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 you're amazing and you're awesome and your tits are great. Hey. Um, but for real and for true, since I did promise to always be honest with you guys, um, I, I can't get people to accept that while nobody knows the future, things are going to get wobbly from here, even. And that bummed me out a lot, too. Because I, I just, I, it just bummed me out that I couldn't help. Because I only have one way to help. I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not a rich man. I got one way I could do it. I got my words. I, I used the best ones I got. They weren't very effective. So it really, it did. It depressed me. But... I think, by and large, my head screwed back on to the point where this is my new normal. Whatever comes tomorrow for however long, quote-unquote, tomorrow is, um, I know my role in things. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how I'm supposed to get out of bed. I know what I'm supposed to eat. I know, I know who I am and what I am in this. Whatever really comes, uh, I've made my decision. And with that, what I really, really want, this is so hard. (laughs) Having processed that in that huge run-up about, like, where we are and the difficulty and all this, what I really want more than anything else is just to be doing this, for real. I thought about it a lot, a lot in my depression. I need to grow this project. I need to get it bigger for money, for my ego, for all kinds of things. But I don't, I don't want to change any kind of course. I don't think I'm any kind of crazier. I'm, I'm, I'm only closer to 40 every day, and I'm only thinking about how to do this longer term all the time, for real. And it's not like I don't have periods of doubt or disillusionment or, or depression. Of course I do with everything going on, especially. But really, what I keep coming back to, my center keeps returning to, I'm lucky. I keep getting better at this. People really like what I do. Even if I'm shy, I've blown opportunities, like lots of them with this, and I'm still here. This has been a wonderful, wonderful experience for me. I don't know if I've really ever expressed that. I mean, I've said thank you so many times. But I don't know if I've ever said that even when this was hard, that this has been a good experience for me. This is... I think this has made me a better person. 
honestly. And this is what I want to do going forward. So, uh, that, I mean, that was, that was kind of, that's, that's been my journey through the year. Uh, what have you, what, what has anybody done with their year so far? That's me. Saw this coming, tried to, tried to throw on the blinkers, didn't get anybody to pull over, got really sad about it, realized I don't have to change the world or make anybody, make anybody see what I see. I don't have to. I, I, I guess I can't even when I try. Uh, and then from there, asking myself, well, what do I want to do with that information? Where do I want to go with that, with that revelation? And the answer is right down the same path I've been going. I, 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 I like the person I've been becoming. I, I like the project. I like the fans. I, I know, I know a lot of people. I know not everyone gets praise day in and day out. So I'm lucky. So <clears throat> that's that's what I'm trying to figure out for real. I've talked about like, oh, you know, we need like twice as many fans and shit. But without sacrificing an iota of what makes me me because fuck the rest of it, I've I've decided probably really narcissistically um, that my experience has been unique for a reason. I just don't know what that reason is. I've lived a really, really weird, statistically speaking, life for a reason. And the reason that I'm putting on it is to be me. <laughs> to not bottle that up or to, to, to change it in any way, just to make it more commercially viable. So... Now that I now that I'm feeling a bit more collected and a little bit less, you know, running amok all the time, uh, I I think that's it. Take take all the good stuff that's here and just push forward. What do I want to do with this? I want to jerk off, and I want to write stuff, and I want to keep sending stuff to people in Hollywood with the pages stuck together and them rolling their eyes because they think I'm too crazy, and I want to moved to LA and I want to play video games on occasion and, and keep trying to be less shy and having less freakouts. Yeah. That's my plan. <sighs> Thank you for being a part of it. That's what I want for me. <clears throat> oh gosh. Someone said thank you for taking you on the journey. It is the other way around. You guys bought me. You didn't know you were buying me, but you bought me. Now you're, now you're never going to be able to get rid of me. <laughs> you know? You think you're going to like that, but you know. 20 years from now, I'm going to be showing up, hello, my cane jerking off motion. I took Viagra for this party. I thought about that, and I'm like, kind of cool, though. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of weird, kind of gross, and I was like, kind of cool, though. 
Like if I if you saw that at a gay pride parade, you'd be down with it on a float. So just pretend you're in a gay pride parade when you get to that point in your life, and then it'll be awesome. Uh, don't apply that rule to most things in workplace etiquette. I have a special job. Don't apply the gay pride parade dress code and behavior etiquette to your profession. Would be my advice, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my entire life is going to be a gay pride parade. It kind of already is. Like, I, just to be clear, when I say I'm going out once every 10, you know, 14 days on errands... Just to be clear, I'm talking about I'm out of weed and I absolutely have to get some fucking more, right? Like, that's just... So I think my life kind of is the gay pride parade version of it. I just want to make it more so. We're just got to get it even closer, you know? Right now I'm driving a car. <clears throat> we need the car to either drive me or to be a golf cart or, like, we need to get closer to not normal. We need to get further away... From ordinary, especially since ordinary right now fucking sucks. Like, everybody I know, everybody I know who went to college to graduate in time for the 2002 little mini crash to get back in, to get whacked out by the global financial crisis, to get back in, to get hit by this one. All I can say is you spent a lot of time and money going down that path. To play that game, and I didn't play that game, and here I am jerking off and winning it anyway. That's gotta suck. That's gotta suck. Right? Like you did everything right and look at where you are, and then here I am going da 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 That's that's the sound it makes when I rub my penis. Ba 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 cha ching. That can't feel great. That can't feel good at all. You're sitting there and you're all like, oh my God, I've still got like, you know, $18,000 of fucking student loans left on top of all the other debt. I've got all these problems. I've got this family that loves me that I've got to care for and that I'm now considering upkeep. I've got this fucking house that's only 30% paid off. I've got all this shit. All right, that's all the stuff that's going on inside your head. And then it just cuts over to me. Stoned out of my mind, 2 a.m., staring at the ceiling. So I, so normal sucks right now, and I just want to get as far fucking away from it as I can. All right? <laughs> Help me. Tell me. Keep giving me that advice and anons. Keep telling me when I mess up. Keep telling me when I'm doing great. All of it. Really. I think I'm going to be doing this for a really long time. I think I'm going to keep getting better at it. I think I, 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 I want to at least. I'm going to try. That was kind of a love letter to me and to you guys, mostly to me. Let's, let's read another one real quick before I get lost on another tangent. <clears throat> My heart overflows with emotion and joy. I do not know what heavenly languor, what infinite pleasure permeates it and burns me up.
Am I not broadcasting? You can hear me, okay. Okay, just want to make sure, because my internet's kind of spotty. <clears throat> These days. My heart overflows with emotion and joy. I do not know what heavenly languor, what infinite pleasure permeates it and burns me up. It is as if I have never loved. Tell me whence these uncanny disturbances spring, these inexpressible foretastes of delight, these divine tremors of love. Oh, all this can surely spring from you, angel, woman, Marie. All this can only be is surely nothing less than a gentle ray of streaming from your fiery soul, or else some secret poignant teardrop which you have long since left in my breast. What? is certain, is that my love, my veneration for you, does nothing but increase, and that your word ever and always will be the sole regulator of my actions. My God, my God, never force us apart. Take pity on us. But what am I saying? Forgive my weakness. How couldst thou divide us? Thou wouldst have nothing but pity for us. No, no, it is not in vain that our flesh and our souls quicken and become immortal, which cries are deep within us. It is to be, to be, Marie, Marie. Oh, let me repeat the name a hundred times, a thousand times over. For three days now it has lived within me, oppressed me, set me afire. I am not writing to you, no. I am close beside you. I see you. I hear you. Eternity in your arms, heaven, hell, anything, all is within you, redoubled, oh, Leave me free to rave in my delirium, drab, tame, constricting. Reality is no longer enough for me. Oh, you believe me capable of self-sacrifice, of chastity, of temperance, of piety, do you not? But let no more be said of this. It is for you to question, to draw conclusion, to save as you see fit. Let me be mad, senseless. This is to be. We must live our lives to the full, loving and suffering to extremes. Marie, Marie, mean, cautious, narrow reality is no longer enough for me. We must set out our lives to the full, our loves, our sorrow, when the ideal form of a woman floats before your dreaming soul, a woman whose heaven-born charms bear no allurement for the senses, but only the wing for the soul of devotion, and if you saw her at the side, sincere, and her faithful heart, weave these forms in a moving story of love I have tried to portray in music, a few of the strongest sensations and the most lively impressions. Love letter, Franz Liszt to the Countess d'Anjou. Anjou? Anjou. So if you're a big fan of Liszt, I suppose that would be a very, very powerful thing right there. What a reveal, right? 
I don't even know if that's how you say that composer's name. That's how slack-jawed of a yokel I am. <clears throat> All right. Cold in my professions, warm in my friendships, I wish, my dear Lorenz, it were in my power, my actions, rather than my words, to convince you that I love you. I shall only tell you that till you bade us adieu, I hardly knew the value you had taught my heart to set upon you. Indeed, my friend, it was not well done. You know the opinion I entertain of mankind, how much it is the desire to preserve myself free from the particular attachments, and to keep my happiness independent of the caprice of others. You should not have taken advantage of my sensibility to steal into my affections without my consent. But, as you have done it, and as we are generally indulgent to those we love, I shall not scruple to pardon the fraud you have committed on one condition. That, for my sake, if not for your own, you will always continue to merit the partiality which you have so artfully instilled into me. And now, my dear, as we are upon the subject of wife, I empower and command you to get me one in Carolina, such a wife as I will want, I know, will be difficult to find, but if you succeed, it will be the stronger proof of your zeal and dexterity. If you should not readily meet with a lady that you think answers my description, you can only advertise in the public papers, and doubtless you will hear of many who will be glad to become candidates for such a prize as I am. To excite their emulation, it will be necessary for you to give an account of the lover, his size, make quality of mind and body, achievement, expectation, fortune, etc. In drawing my picture, you will no doubt be civil to your friend. Mind you do justice to the length of my nose, and don't forget, I am about five words here have been mutilated in the manuscript. Whoops. After reviewing what I have written, I am ready to ask myself, what could I have put into my head to hazard this jus de folie? Do I want a wife? No. I have plague enough without desiring to add to the number of greatest of all, and if I were silly enough to do it, I should think and take care how I employ a proxy. Do I mean to show my wit? If I did, I am sure I missed my aim. Do I only intend to frisk? In this, I have succeeded. But I have done more. I have gratified my feelings by lengthening out only the kind of intercourse now in my power with my friend. Adieu, yours. Letter from Alexander Hamilton to John Lawrence. Where can I bottle up that fucking Hamilton fucking... Where can I write a friend and be all like, so listen, they're gonna ask you about me. Let's just straight up get it straight, all right? 
big old body, big old dick, big old fucking brain. All right? Give it to him. Draw the face nice. Don't fuck around now. All right? Don't fuck with my nose. I'm now looking. Hold on. Before I forget. Alexander Hamilton nose. What we got? What we got? Oh, here we go. He had a pretty big one. When he's not in paintings, it's pretty big. When it's sculpted, it's pretty big. You can see all the paintings. He's got a nice little angle. Yeah, he's got like a 45 degree angle to make it smaller in all the paintings. They're like, can we get one dead on? And he's all like, no. <laughs> Fuck you. The 45 are for the, for the perspective. Thank you. Wow, he had a schnoz. Too bad he couldn't sniff out Mortal Conflict. Okay. I will cover you with love when I see you, with caresses, with ecstasy. I want to gorge you with all the joys of the flesh so that you faint and die. I want you to be amazed by me and to confess to yourself that you have never even dreamed of such transports. When you are old, I want you to recall those few hours. I want you to dry bones to quiver with the joy when you think of them. My beloved angel, I am nearly mad about you. As much as one can be mad, I cannot bring together two ideas that you do not interpose yourself between them. I can no longer think anything but you. In spite of myself, my imagination carries you to me. I grasp you, I kiss you, I caress you. A thousand of the most amorous caresses take possession of me. As for my heart, there you will always be, very much so. I have a delicious sense for you there, but my God, what is to become of me if you have deprived me of my reason? This is a monomania which, this morning, terrifies me. I rise up every moment, saying to myself, Come, I am not going there. Then I sit down again, moved by the sense of my obligation. There is frightful conflict. This is not life. I have never before been like that. You have devoured everything. I feel foolish and happy as soon as I think of you. I whirl around in a delicious dream in which one instant I live a thousand years. What a horrible situation. Overcome with love, feeling love in every pore, living only for love, and seeing oneself consumed by griefs and caught in a thousand spider's threads. Oh, my darling Eva, you did not know it. I picked up your card. This is there before me, and I talk to you as if you were there. I see you as I did yesterday. Beautiful. 
astonishingly beautiful. Yesterday, during the whole evening, I said to myself, she is mine. Oh, the angels are not as happy in paradise as I was yesterday. Balzac to Evelyn Hanska All right, you girls have been amazing with the love letters and the porn. I keep booting porn off till the next week. So I'm trying to figure out what porn we're going to read. There is a serious one and a not serious one. And I mixed them all up. I just, I just threw them all together. Gosh darn it. I know. Uh-oh, all porn. Wow, these are all intense beginnings. I don't normally read the beginnings. I'm just trying to get a... All right, this one's short. This one's short. Let's, let's, let's... All right, all right, all right. My body's fighting against me now because I'm not reading porn fast enough. You know, you have to read porn at a certain rate or else your body gets really fucking irritated. I don't know if you know that. <clears throat> Tonight is the night you're going to make me wait all night. Is this serious? All night for your cock. All night for my cum. All night for what I need most of all. You inside me. You take me out to a late movie. This is sexy, right? This isn't going to get weird, is it? Oh, I'm so worried. <laughs> A foreign film everyone's been raving about. Uh-oh. It's filled with sex. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the steamy tale of multiple seductions. I don't see much of the movie, though. Just the beautiful press of flesh as the European actors writhe together in bed. <laughs> I I think we have our answer indeed. Uh, we sit in the back row of the nearly empty theater and make out. My hand resting carefully against your lap, stroking your hard cock through your pants. Your tongue explores my mouth, your teeth nipping at my lips. You slip your hand under my dress and finger fuck me. First one finger, then two but you don't let me come, even though I'm very close. You can tell when I'm close, and you make me wait, letting me cool down before you start to finger me again. I bet you let me come, but you won't. You're going to wait, you tell me. You're going to wait all night. That... It's not that I'm that I'm against fingering someone right to the point that they're about to come and then stopping. I think that's great. I think fingering someone to the point that they're about to come and then stopping and then just keeping your fingers there, like casually waiting until like the temperature decreases and then going at it again, that's what I was laughing at. 
That's a fucking power move. Like, I've done some fucking power moves in fucking public with sex before with partners. That's a fucking power move. Just like imagining a guy with his fingers inside you just looking at you. Just looking at you. Nothing else. Just two fingers inside you just looking at your fucking face. Not moving them, not twitching them or anything. Just staring at you while movies on and everything. Just looking at you. Power move. And that's after he fingered you. God damn. Please. I whimper. <laughs> you slip your hand for out from under my dress and bring it back to my lips, making me lick it clean. It tastes sharp, tangy, delicious. It sends a warm surge through me. I never would have tasted pussy before the night you made me yours. Never, ever. Never even dreamed about it. Now, when you put your fingers in my mouth, I suck on them hungrily. My cunt is yours, and it tastes so beautiful to me. <laughs> There's a lot going on. She's never tasted pussy, and this is their first night together. That's what I'm taking away. You kiss me again deeply. And my hand gently rubs your cock as your mouth. You know, ladies, I'm real glad you like it too, but I am not just the tentpole. Ah, uh, you finger me again, and I'm dying for need. I start to unfasten your belt and unzip your pants. I lower my face to your lap. I've got to have you. I've got to have your cock. You cast my hair and pulled me back up, pressing me into the creaking theater seat. Your mouth is on mine again, forcing my lips wide open, taking my tongue and pressing it. All night, you tell me you're going to wait all night. Please, I beg you, but you shake your head. <laughs> it's literally the same words though I really hope he says it the whole way through Let's find out <laughs> Zip it up You say I draw your zipper back And awkwardly buckle your belt Author's note Zip it up could have been literal or metaphorical there That almost never happens I look into your eyes, and you kiss me again. Your hands sliding once more up my dress and fingering me as I beg you to stop. I can't take it anymore. I breathe, but you know that I can. And even if I couldn't, you wouldn't care. You finger me until I'm right on the edge. Until the slightest touch of my thighs together would make me come harder than I've ever come before. All night. You tell me. <laughs> as my hand is on your shirt. And you begin to play with my nipples. You're going to wait. All night. Ha <laughs> ha!
<laughs> we leave the theater after the movie. <laughs> I've cut nothing out, I swear. This is the greatest who ever submitted this one. You have fantastic taste in bad smut. This may be. Because it's not gross or skeezy. She's clearly an adult. Even though she's not experienced, she's clearly not, like, juvenile, right? So, like, there's got none of the skeeziness of some of the, the previous ones. He's not, like, in a power position. Or I hope not. Like, oh, my God, at the end of this, if he turns out to be her dad or some shit, I'll just lose my mind. All right. Let's find out. <laughs> we leave the theater after the movie and drive to a nice restaurant. Oh, I forgot my voice. You selected one that's open late. As we eat, your foot stretches out and rests casually between line, checking the distance between them, making sure I'm keeping my legs spread. Not too far. Not far enough to draw attention. Just far enough to let me know that my pussy is exposed, that you can see it if you look under the table. <laughs> That's every fucking dress. You drop your fork several times. I notice. <laughs> I, I love a perceptive woman. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get much past them, but you can get a lot in them. <sighs> you drop your fork several times. I notice. Each time, I feel the heat of your gaze on me shooting right up my dress. It makes me want you right here. And the feel of your foot against mine ensuring that I don't close my lap drives me crazy. You're just letting me know that you own me. Letting me know that my legs are yours to spread as you see fit. You take me for a long drive through the beautiful hills or uptown. The city lights spread out below the glimmering like diamonds. You reach over and slide your hand up my dress, casually, never taking your eyes off the road. Your middle finger penetrates me, Careless, almost disinterested. I moan. <laughs> moan as loud as you want. You tell me. You're going to wait all night. <laughs> You finger me until you hear my moan change. Feel my hips bucking against you. And then you pull away casually. Change gears. Time shifting into second. We've reached the summit. Before you let me out the car, you make me lick you clean, slipping your middle finger into my mouth. I suck on it, the taste pulsing through me and making my tortured clit hurt bad. 
Please. I beg. Please what? Please. I beg you. I need to come. Not until dawn. You say. I slide up against you. My hand on your belt buckle. <laughs> Please, I whisper. Please let me suck it. You shake your head. Not until dawn. You repeat. We get out of the car. You drape your jacket over my shoulders and lead me to the railing that overlooks the city. The lights, so brilliant, they blind me. You put me hard against the railing, and I feel like I'm hanging over the city. Your arms go around me, and you cradle me tight crushing me against you. Your cock rubs me through my dress against my ass. I want it so badly. I moan. <laughs> ah! Oh, wow. Oh, brother, I didn't think your technique was working, but if you've got her moaning at this point, game on. I whimper. I grind my ass against you. You kiss the back of my neck and you make me shiver. You slip your hand up my dress and start to rub my clit. You put your middle finger into me and start to finger fuck me again. I shudder and whimper, begging, no, please, please, stop, no, I can't stand it. My nipples are hard against your jacket. You tease those two, your hand up my shirt, moving from one nipple to the other to ensure you that they're both stay hard. Your feet are planted firmly between mine, making sure I keep my legs spread. Your cock remains motionless as you let me grind my ass against it. The city lights swim in front of me. My breath comes and goes in great, gasping song. I moan. Just one more picture. Not until dawn. You tell me once more and start to finger fuck me harder, making me lean against the railing and moan at the top of my lungs. You drive me to a bar for a nightcap. I really thought that they were going to watch the sun come up over the fucking town. I am thrown for a goddamn loop. What? What? You're telling me City Overlook is just midway through your date, bro? Maybe I want to go out with you. I know I don't have to put out if I go home by 5, 5 a.m. 28 days of first date. What the fuck is happening here? You drive me to a bar for a nightcap. It's close to last call. <laughs> Shit. We've got a lot of night left, kids. Buckle up. We've got a lot of night left. It's only last call. Shit. <laughs> we find a booth near the back room. <laughs> no one can see us.
We slide into one seat. You lean against me and sneak your hand against my dress again, but this time, you don't touch me. What the fuck? I relax into the soft cushions of the booth, my legs spread and beg you, please, please. But you won't touch me. You just let your fingers hover there, inches from my pussy, and it's the worst torture that I've ever felt. Within moments, I'm on the edge of orgasm again, and you've never even touched me. The pink champagne <laughs> tastes sickly sweet, and it makes my stomach tingle. The smoke of the bar swirls around me, and I lose all sense of direction. <laughs> Am I awake or asleep? You kiss me, and I know I'm asleep and dreaming, a nightmare, a nightmare of want and need and desire. You slip your hand into my mouth, and I swear I can taste my cunt. <laughs> I fucking hope so. I lick you eagerly. I beg you for more. I run my hand up the swell of your cock and whisper what I need. Please, I whisper, let me suck your cock right here, right now, in the bar. You shake your head and kiss me. Not until dawn. You drive me back to our apartment and lead me back up the stairs. Once inside, you grab me and push me hard against the wall right by the door before you've even closed it. I moan and melt into your gasp. You grind your cock against my front and I reach down to cup it. I try to push my hand down my pants as you kiss me. You seize my wrist and pull it away, leaning firmly against me. You undress me right there. You slip my dress over my shoulder and let me shimmer down my body, revealing me. I'm not wearing panties or a bra. <laughs> wow. Just wow. I mean, I don't know what to say that at this point, after a whole paragraph of you've dropped your fork several times, so I noticed. Also, I think you were staring at my pussy after I noticed you dropped your fork several times. That she's now revealing that she wasn't wearing panties. Like the order of operations as a storyteller on that one, especially since it's from her perspective. It's from her perspective. And we're just now finding out that she's only... Oh my god, this is something, kids. <laughs> my nipples ache as if they're going to explode. I long to be pressed into your body, wriggling up and down in your savage mouth of yours. Please, I beg you, please let me suck it. You pull me off the wall and guide me to the bedroom, one hand on my shoulder and the other on my hips. I can hardly walk. I'm so turned on. I can scarcely stand. My cunt hurts so much. I stumble into the bedroom and you push me across the bed, forcing my legs open wide, this time with your hands. I see you're doing the terror grips on me. No, no, you can't. You can't do this to me. 
It's too much. I can't stand it. No, please. But what I say is simply, please. Your mouth descends between my legs. From the first touch of your hot tongue on my aching clit. I know I'm going to come. You know it too. <laughs> it's only the first touch you let me have. Your breath tickles me, sizzling my flesh. My tongue undulates an inch from my clit. I beg you, tears streaming down my face. I need it. I need to have it. But you make it lie there, spread wide, until you know my orgasm has subsided. Then, cruelly, you begin to eat my pussy. I spread across the bread, crawling the streets viciously, moaning, no, 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 unable to stand it, about to die, about to disintegrate, about to explode. Your tongue swirls around my clit in exactly the way that makes me come and then stops. You tease my pussy lips. You lick me down the entrance, slipping to the tip of my tongue. You lick around my clit and blow on it and tease with your breath. You do everything but make me come, please, I make up. I feel your fingers inside me again, and the moan becomes louder than ever. My back arches. I push my cut down onto you, taking as many of your fingers as you'll give me. That's not how it works with fingers and finger fucking. You don't just get more fingers if you bring the pussy down. You finger me until I'm on the edge again. I've lost all my perspective. I've lost all sense of time. I know I'm going to die if I don't come. I know you're going to kill me by torturing me like this. Please! I beg. And then my wide-open, glassy eyes see it. The first hint of light through the window. I want to tell you. It's dawn. I want to ask you to fuck me. I want to beg you to make me come. My body, my body can't. I can't say anything, but please, please, no, no. I'm so far beyond speech, I can barely even manage that. I'm on the edge again. You stop. <laughs> but this time, you stand up. Towering over me at the foot of the bed, I watch you, eyes wide as you take off your clothes, all of them. Your cock stands out straight and hard. I would give anything to touch it, anything at all to taste it, everything I have ever felt to have it inside me, thrusting, fucking me, taking me, making me come. You slide on top of me, naked. My body presses up against yours, seeking. My legs spread still wider. My ass lifts off the bed. Please, I say as the stream of light tears through the blinds and savage me. I come for the second I feel your cockhead penetrates me. I come a second time as I feel your shaft sliding into me. I come a third time as you grind your hips against me, forcing your cock in and out against my desperate flesh. I come a fourth. Wow. I blew my load too early, just like this fucking lady. I thought three in a row would be all that she's getting. No. I came a fourth time as I thrust my body up against yours, wailing, sobbing, taking each hard thrust you gave me and begging me for more. My arms and legs are slack and my hips and my cunt 
exist. One more time, that line verbatim is, my arms and legs are slack, only my hips and cunt exist. And my mouth wailing in hunger, more, 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 more. The fifth and final time I come is when I realize you're about to come too. Hours of pent-up need, your cock filled with semen, about to flood my pussy. My that drives me over the edge one final time, and the sunlight bathes us on. I rinse onto you, lifting wholly off the bed until nothing is touching but your knees. And then your body tightens as you come deep, deep inside me, deeper than you've ever been before. Not until dawn! You promise as you make me wait. Not until dawn! You told me and gave it to me. I came hard at dawn. Harder than I've ever come before. Many times than I've ever come. My arms close into being again, and I wrap them around you. My legs, too. I clutch you close and give you a great sigh of exhaustion. I whisper, but you're already fading. The sun feels cool on my flesh, and you breathe in my face as it feels warm. I close my eyes as you slowly turn into ash because you're a vampire. All right, I may have laid out that last line. Uh, the last line, they have in mine. All right, that was just me. All right. Apologies. <laughs> Not until dawn. By N.T. Morley. <laughs> Sorry, I really threw some people for a loop there. I thought that would be clear, but I guess anything could have in the last sentence of that fucking piece. It's true. That was, that was a poor estimation on my part. <laughs> my bad. All right, guys, we're ending on comedy for that one. That's just how it's going to be. We've got two things of smut for next week. Come on back. I appreciate all of you coming out. One more time, there's the tip jar. If you're listening at home, there's a tip jar in the link below. Pay the man. Make sure that I can get all the tasty snacks. You know you love the sound of my voice. You know how good it sounds lately. Well, let me tell you, that's because of your funding and all of your support. I appreciate Yes, don't wait until dawn to pay me. Pay me right now. That was a short one, but it was worth going through real slowly, and I appreciate each and every last one of you doing it. I feel like I'm back in the saddle with recording, especially since I've got a little leeway before season four comes out. I'm trying to focus on just being me, chilling out, having a good time. Thank you to everybody who came out tonight. There will be music afterwards. I do want to see you next week, next Friday, 10 Eastern on the server. Please, please, please come on out if you had a good time. Bring your requests. Bring a kinky and understanding friend and bring a great attitude. We'll go over it all. It doesn't matter what's even going on in the world this week or in my life. We will have a great time. I want to see you there. Won't you come on out? Yes, please. See you there. See you soon. All right. That is me ending the recording.